What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from our sponsors, Diggs. We're talking about Charlie Hustle. If you uh, if you tune in to any of the video content that we deliver on a regular basis, we got we got all kinds of Charlie Hustle stuff. We got our Casey Hart, which was literally gifted to Kansas City most recently and is now the representation. Do you like that? I'm really good with words, <laughs> articulate. Uh, we basically are now represented in the city of Kansas City by the Charlie Hustle Hart. It's so amazing. Charlie Hustle is doing big things in the community, doing big things for not just the community, but you, the consumer as well. If you don't know anything about Charlie Hustle, go to charliehustle.com and check out all the amazing gear they have. And please, by all means, swoop up the what's good Fundamism Charlie Hustle Collabo shirt that our guest will be gifted today if he doesn't already have one. I know he's excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited about today's guest. He is literally the corporate spirit animal of me, myself. Uh, his name, Matt Johnson of Community America. What's good, Matt? What's good, man? Thanks for having me. It's oh, good to be here. Dude, I am on cloud nine that we finally made this happen. No uh, look at you just giddy with it. Look, you're just, <laughs> this is exactly why I wanted you on. You're just over here cheesing <laughs> from ear to ear. So, uh, you know, fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle is what fundamentalism stands for. And so the first question that we asked every single guest is, what do you do for fun, Matt? Yeah, what don't I do? I know, right? <laughs> I know this about you. This fun. No, I, I, uh, I've listened to your podcast a while and I've been preparing for this one. It's a, that's a tough question because I think it just matters on different stages of your life. But right now I'm in the thick of it with a 12 year old daughter, a nine year old boy and a six year old boy. And, uh, you know, most of my fun time is dedicated to them. Currently in the winter here, I coach all three of their basketball teams. Uh, I've got a little bit of a basketball background and a little itch. I like to scratch. So that, that comes through. It gives me much anxiety, but it also gives me so much joy. Uh, especially when the, the kid least expected to, to make a bucket on the team or something like that does it. I come through the roof. Like sure. I, just, I love that stuff. So that's, that's probably what I spend the majority of my time uh, doing for fun. These do you days. do a little bit of coaching too? I coach all three teams. You coach all three teams. All three so that's teams, the anxiousness yeah. that you're speaking yes, of. Yeah. I mean, it's not anxiety because, oh, must win, win, win. It's, sure. I mean, winning fun. It's, it's fun to win. 100%. Let's, let's be honest. They know what, they know what's going on, but um, it's, it's more, uh, it's just, I want them to do well. I want them to experience success and uh, success for one kid might just be able, being able to dribble the ball at the court and not lose it off his knee. You know what I mean? And then success for another Dude, kid. I'm sitting might right be, here. Why are you going to talk about me like that? <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> Or, you know, success for another kid might be, you know, he gets 12 points instead of the eight or uh, he actually gets some assists that game instead of shooting it every time he gets it or whatever it is. So that's what gives me anxiety is how do I teach that? For and, sure. And how do you do that? Connect on different levels with different age kids because three years, three years, three years, that's the gap. Um, three years is a lot from yes. 12 to nine and nine to six. So that's but that's fun. 100 percent. What's the most memorable moment that you had coaching as of late? Oh, uh, you know what? I mean, it's just this last weekend, my daughter's team is they're sixth graders. Um, and I don't know if this is a good memory or not, but we had two games back to back, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And on the game on Saturday, we lost 42 to nothing. Wow. And then the game on Sunday, we lost 42 to six. Yeah. And hey, progress. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Different team. We should have had eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it was demoralizing, and and out of the gate we knew it was going to go down like that. And uh, there were tears on the bench. I had to call a timeout right away. I tend to yell a, a lot, not not in a necessarily bad way, I don't think, but um, I you know I'm trying to get the point across. Sure. And it was a really great learning moment actually. On Sunday in particular, I I we had a timeout. I said to the girls, you know, I'm I'm going to stop hollering at you. You guys have to take over. You have to be the leader on the floor, and this is on you to figure it out. We've established that this is a good team. Let's turn the page on that. Our name's The Hustle. And, of course uh, it is. I said, go out, <laughs> just go out there and, and earn that name on the front and uh, play for each other and leave everything on the court. I, you know, I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm. And uh, let's go out there and, and have as much fun as we possibly can. We left the floor laughing. Yes. You know, I mean, we could have left the floor with tears and everybody just like, I hate this game sure. or whatever. But I'm pretty sure all of them will be back next year and, and, and we'll go after it again. Who, who wouldn't want to play for Coach Johnson? I don't know, man. Probably some people. <laughs> Dude, you're such a good dude. I mean, like, uh, I'm going to tell the story of how we met. But before we do that, uh, I mentioned that you're the the my corporate spirit animal. 
So I spent a lot of time in corporate America prior to going out on my own personal entrepreneurial journey. Um, and I feel like you and I have a lot in common, specifically something that I didn't know is that I, I used to coach YMCA boys basketball. Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, fifth to seventh graders, which is like herding cats. It is. Um, and, you know, one thing that I realized is I didn't know how to coach behaviors back then. Yeah. You know, I was, I was young and uh, naive and we'd have our, our practice on Fridays and we have our games on Saturdays. And so, you know, Friday nights were just freaking chaos. Uh, you know, f- Friday, the kids are running all over. They're doing everything I'm sure you could relate yep. to. Saturdays, I'm out there and we're coaching and I'm get, making sure everybody gets PT and that they're enjoying what they're doing and that we're laughing, we're having a good time and look up the scoreboard and inevitably we are typically always losing, right? And so like a little knucklehead, 20 some odd year old at the time, I'm saying, come on, fellas, we need some more points. Let's score some buckets. Let's get buckets, right? Right. And the kids look at me like, really, coach? We need buckets. Are you sure? Right? And uh, it wasn't until I realized or remembered um, some coaching that a, a great coach, I'm sure, like a Coach Johnson once gave me, uh, taught me how to shoot a proper jump shot and yeah. specifically taught the concept of beef. Are you familiar with beef? No, I don't know that I am. Oh, I, man. I, I Strap need, in, I need to brother. Learn this, man. I need this. So, <laughs> so whether you're coaching a basketball team or you're coaching behaviors in your uh, son or daughter or you're coaching behaviors in corporate America, I feel like this acronym can really help. I mean, it definitively helped me. So Friday night, uh, we're now practicing, and I remember BEEF. And BEEF is an acronym to always understand the proper process for shooting a jump shot. So the B stands for balance, right? Now, again, I'm talking about a jump shot, but no matter what you're trying to accomplish in life, you have to have balance. You have to have a strong foundation under you, right? So the B stands for balance. You got to have your legs under. You got to have good foundation of wherever you desire to go to make sure that desired outcome happens. The first E is eye on the target. No matter whether you're shooting a jump shot or you're trying to make Community America the most well-known brand in all of Kansas City, you have to know what the desired outcome is. The eye has to be on the prize. The second E is your elbow in, right? Because if your elbow's out here or in here, then the ball's going to go every which way. Well, what does that mean as it pertains to leadership and development or, or skill development? Well, if indeed you understand that your eye has to be on the prize, well, then you gotta, you got to remain on course, right? Yeah. You, you take all these detours, which are inevitable, but if indeed you don't consistently go back to the point that you're headed, well, then ultimately you're not going to see the success that you're looking for. So yeah. balance, eye on the target, elbow in, and lastly, follow through, baby. You got it, the gooseneck, son. Uh, so, so no matter what's going on, you always have to force that ball down in the hoop. You got to tell it where you want it to go. And in, yeah. in, in the world of leadership, you got to follow through on all your commitments. You got to follow through on the desired outcome. Yeah. So fast forward, we teach beef, right? Yeah. On a Friday yeah. night, the next day we have a game. Mm-hmm. Well, Saturday mornings, I'm no longer saying, come on, fellas, we need more points. You know what I'm saying? Daddy's hungry, baby. <laughs> Gotta feed me. Feed me the good. Daddy's hungry. Give me that grade A choice beef, baby. And so now what's amazing is the kids are no longer focused on the desired outcome. Yeah. They're focusing on how to get to the desired outcome. Yeah. And so I feel like there's just so many parallels in everything that we do, the development of ourselves, of our own children, of a basketball team, mm-hmm. or the development of our staff within corporate America. Oh, yeah. Never forget beef, brother. I won't. That's great, man. That is a <laughs> gift that you have given me that I'm going to apply in tomorrow's games, no doubt. <laughs> well, no and the gift that you have given me is your presence. Oh, puns. It. You see it? You see it? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I have monopolized the first 10 minutes of this podcast uh, with my beef analogy. <laughs> you and I met uh, over a year ago. And through Chase McAnulty, founder of Charlie Hustle, uh, RIP. Uh, no, he's, he's still <laughs> no, he's around doing big room. things. Yeah, yeah. But he had a baby, so we yeah. don't see him yeah, as much. That's what uh, I mean. RIP to old Chase. That's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, we, we have this idea of doing Volley Llama, which is a celebrity pickleball tournament to benefit pediatric cancer research and Noah's Bandage Project specifically. You work for Community America, who is huge in the philanthropic space, uh, proud sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs, but you guys are doing some amazing things in terms of helping yeah. individuals that need helping, right? Yep. Yep. So Chase says, you got to meet this guy, Matt Johnson. Uh, we schedule a meeting uh, at Chicken and Pickle in Kansas City. 
you sit down and I mean, your energy is just like, you're that guy that you light up a room when you come in, right? And I, I feel it immediately when you sit down at the table and you greet me and you make eye contact and you shake my hand. And it's not just like that firm grip, you know, it's like the, it's the, like a middle uh, of a, the road dap slash backpack slash, you don't even know who I am. And I just feel your vibe. And uh, immediately I knew that you and I would connect because some people just have that, right? Mm-hmm. So, Thinking through that, have you always been that guy that when you came into the room, the room brightened up a little bit, or is that something that you found throughout the course of your life? Oh, man, I, I don't even know how to thank you. <laughs> I, I've never really referred to myself that way, so it's kind of awkward to have to say, oh, yeah, do you always light up the I'm room? I'm pretty awesome. I mean, I hope I light up the room. That That's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said That is me. not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know, from a young age, I think, and, and my parents instilled in me to be active. And, and, you know, I think I've learned a lot from them and, and pass this on to my own kids. It's have, don't just have one group of friends, you know, don't just have uh, one narrow focus in your life, like be involved, be nice to lots of different people. So I was kind of, I had a couple of different groups of friends, right? I played some sports, so I had the jock friends or whatever. And then I was in, you know, student council. So I had kind of some smart friends and then I was, uh, I played in a band. So I had my alternative friends and, and I had, you know, uh, some kids and some of the other groups would always, you know, say, Hey, skater bird, you know, that, that was my nickname was bird <laughs> or a uh, skater bird, like, like a skating even skateboard. Really. I will never call you mad again. <laughs> oh God. I can't believe we resurrected that. But, um, but I, I took pride in that, you know, and I think to this day, I may not have one super close best friend, but I've got several really close friends that mm-hmm. are spread out throughout the country. And sure. And uh, I've always just taken interest in other people and and I'll, I'll sit there and listen to whatever it is you have to say, because it's interesting. Right? Yes. I, I like to understand other people's point of views and, the, and their approach to life. And um, as a result, I, I love I mean, what's the point of being negative? Mm-hmm. I'll walk into, a, you know, I have my bad days. And, of course, and we I, all can, do. I can get frustrated or stressed out just like anybody. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if I'm if I'm walking into a room, the first thing I'm going to do is expect the best, you know, and I think something I pass to my kids is and my wife and I have this philosophy. It's OK to be awesome. Like that's the that's our thing with our kids. Yes. It's OK to be awesome. And that could be cleaning your room, like be the For most sure. awesome at cleaning your room. Yes. Uh, but if you're going to go on the basketball court. Be awesome. You yes. Know, if you're going to go into the classroom, be awesome. If you're going to be a friend, be an awesome friend. So um, I don't know if I stole that from somebody or if that's just something that we've sort of tried to uh, uh, adopt over time. But that's that's how I feel about life. And I'm glad you feel it. I feel it for you, man. Like, it's, uh, you know, what, what this, this life's not that long. It's a, it's a short life. Will so you be my Valentine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, happy Valentine's Day, man. Let's happy Valentine's out, Day to you. Bye. Uh, for those of you unable to see what we're doing, we just hugged it out. <laughs> we hugged it out. And we recorded this prior to uh, it being released on actual Valentine's Day. So here we are, two love birds. That's right. Baby. Oh, you get uh-oh, it? Skater uh-oh. bird, oh, what's God. up? Uh, but nevertheless, what I love about what you just said is that you love listening to people and specifically showing a genuine interest because you're curious about what they have to say. Yeah. And I find that in society... Um, now, no more than ever. It's always been the case, but just with social media and all that stuff, now it's like we're all hypersensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Ego gets in the way of so much. And when I say ego, I think a lot of times people like confuse that with like, I'm the best or I'm the cock of the walk or whatever. I mean ego in terms of whatever we have going on around us is the only thing, yeah. right? It's the most important. It's the most terrible. It's the best. Our ego gets in the way and blinds us to what other people are going through. And so what I love about what you said, and this is what differentiates you from a lot of people, is that you don't listen to respond, you listen to understand. And I find that oftentimes when you're in a conversation, you ever see that person with the quiver lip, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know, you can see their lips moving as you're talking. You know, when they're, they're talking, you're good. Who's get that? Who is it? Is that Siri? Siri is listening. Siri's jealous of our (laughs) Valentine's day love. So one thing that I find is that whenever you see other people and their lips are moving, when you're in the middle of a conversation, what do they want to do? Talk. They want to talk, which means that they're no longer listening. listening. That's so true. And so just pay attention to what people are doing in their, in their nonverbals and you'll Mm -hmm. find whether they're truly engaged or not something that we've never had to worry about with you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I know exactly what you're talking about, especially in the corporate setting. I think everybody wants to, it's not coming from a negative place. Typically, I think all people want to feel valued. And sometimes people think value means uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm contributing to this conversation. I'm important. Pe- you know, people need to hear what I have to say because I'm smart and I'm, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help the bottom line and all that good stuff. And I mean, who doesn't, I guess, right. want that. You, For sure. You know, we all want recognition. And I think those that end up getting the most recognition though, are the ones that are truly engaged, collaborate with everybody and, and, and they, they work together for the desired outcome. Mm. And uh, that's, those are the leaders. I think those are the people that's the, that rise to the top. And, you know, my CEO is one of them, you know, she's not afraid to take risks Mm. and bring the right people along to, to, um, to make calculated. She turns it into a calculated risk by bringing the right people along. Uh, But if you don't fit the culture, it's see ya, you know, we're, we're, let's, let's make this thing work. And um, anyway, yeah. What does that process look like? Cause I'm always, enamored with performance management strategies as mm. I, you know, back at my corporate days, I actually had to lead a transition from a metrics-based performance strategy to a behavioral-based performance management strategy. It was really difficult for people to understand that, um, hey, I, I'm hitting my attendance goals. Yeah. I'm hitting my my customer experience goals. I'm hitting all the metrics that say I'm successful. Yeah, but you're an asshole. Excuse my language, no, right? Yeah, no, and, and so the behavioral aspect of it was really difficult for some to take on. Now, that said, in corporate America, uh, at least in my experience, uh, performance development, to transfer any skill, it takes time, mm-hmm. right? So you have the initial discussion, the desired outcome is, and the expectations are set. You incorporate a little self-discovery to ensure that people are bought in, and it's not just the leader's ideas, it's actually the, the representative's ideas as well. And then you move forward with a plan. And I know that that plan takes some time. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, oftentimes, we took way too much time for individuals that weren't, and they would even yeah. tell you that, a good fit. So tell me about you guys' strategy and how that works. If you identify individuals that aren't a good fit, and long before that, how do you get them in the door if they are a good fit? Yeah, that's a great question. Very I loaded. Uh, it's super loaded. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to do, too, though, because I'll start with the, the, the latter part of your question, which is how do you get the right people in the door? I mean, a lot of times, if you have a job open— you know, you may not have the luxury of time to fill it. So you're sort of, a, a, you fall victim to what's available in the market, who's applying to this position. If you have the discipline and you can say, you know what, we'll just wait this thing out. That's great. But you might have a finance team or an HR team that's breathing down your throat. Well, hey, if you haven't filled it this long, then maybe you don't need that job anymore, which is going to hurt the rest of the culture of your team. Mm. So I think making sure that you're ahead of it and keeping a happy culture means you're not going to have that turnover in the first place. So all you really get to do is go grow your team later. Yes. Right? You get to just expand it and then you get to take the time. Um, so that's, I think that's something that I take pride in, you know, and if you come into a new organization, you're adopting a team, you don't know who you're getting, you know, and they hopefully get the chance to interview you to make sure that you're a cultural fit. And that's something that's really important to community America. I've worked at a lot of large companies. I've got nothing but love for them. Sprint is where I came from. Uh, most recently, that was like six years ago now, mm. but I have really, truly have nothing but love for that place. My wife still works there. It's been there 20 years. It's been, and it's been a blessing to our family. But it's a huge company where you've got a team of people, a large team of people working on something that where I am now, there's maybe one person doing that job. Mm. And then they're also doing two other ones. Right. And so I think a big advantage that we have at Community America is that we are lean, uh, which makes us flexible, which makes us more strategic. But we don't have to react. We respond. And so being able to not have to, and, I, and I, there's a difference, right? You, if you're reacting to a situation, it's because you didn't expect it. If you're responding to it, you're prepared. And I think preparation is really the, the key to all of that. Um, when it comes to a bad seed, you pretty much know it. And because we're flexible, because we're lean, we can pretty much show that person the door or they're, they're going to realize this isn't a cultural sure. fit for me. Yeah. And so we can turn the page on that pretty quickly. Not that we do that a lot, but, for sure. but I've seen it happen and not necessarily in my team, although yes, it did, but, uh, it more so in, in a couple of other departments, but as we grow, the cultural fit is, is super important. Um, you know, we, you mentioned the chief sponsorship. It's interesting to me, an, an unintended byproduct of that sponsorship that we've taken that has just lifted our awareness in the community. At to, the perfect to, time. It, it couldn't have been better. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been a great ride. Uh, Newsflash, uh, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. That's right, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been incredible. But an, un, an, an unintended byproduct of that was recruiting. We now have people that want to work at Community America that maybe we weren't on their radar at all mm. five years ago. And so now we can be selective about what talent we bring in. We can uh, ask those tough questions and look for the right fit. And, uh, and it's great. You know, yes. it's really turned out. Last thing on the performance management, I don't think that's a process. You, you can't go into 
that's not, you sit down, you have performance review, you say, here's what you need to do this year. And then you walk away from it. There should be no surprises. 100%. It should be a one-on-one, like a normal one-on-one meeting that you have weekly or bi-weekly or whatever it is you do with your supervisor. There should be zero surprises as to how you're doing, um, how your, your, your behavior is, is being accepted or unaccepted within the team, uh, within other departments or whatever the case may be. That is an ongoing constant thing. And it's unfortunate, you know, most places you have to sit down do the merit review, you know, rate me from one to five or Whatever First, you rate yourself, yeah, yes, and I'm going to yeah, see how yeah. your compares to mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if it's, but that should never be off, right. right? That should never be off. So that I mean, and you're you always have to play the game, yes. you know, do the process that's expected of you. That's your job for sure. But um, you know, my my take on it is there there really should be no surprise. That conversation should probably only take ten minutes. Yes, formally we'll sign the document, but then let's move on and talk about what projects we have going on, what initiatives we have coming up, what strategies we need to tackle, and let's go. Dude, I I um I don't know how you feel about energy and just um what you want to see in this world, you're going to see. Yeah. Right? So if you want to see the worst in people, you're you're going to see it. No right? doubt. Uh if you want to see the best in people or you want to connect with like-minded individuals, then that's going to happen too. And I just can't help but listen to everything that you're saying and think and reflect back on my corporate career as well as like consulting and speaking as well mm-hmm. and and think to myself that we see so similarly and eye to eye on everything that you're saying. But believe it or not, and I don't know that you've experienced this in other organizations, but in in my consulting years, one of the first questions I ask whenever people come in and they approach me about shifting culture or creating uh, a benchmark for what a customer experience should look like, I ask them, how often are you regularly scheduled one-on-ones? You hear the very deliberate in in the question that I ask. I'm assuming that they have regularly Regularly scheduled scheduled, one-on-ones. And the glazed over look that I get regularly is crazy to me. What what do you mean regularly? Well, well, we meet typically, typically we're reactive. There's a problem that needs addressed. So we're going to meet. We meet annually to go through the review or whatever it may be. Do you do team huddles? How often do you meet and start off the day with maybe a quote or a story or sharing a kind word to somebody else or recognizing somebody for a great well job, you know, or job well done, or, you know, specifically talking about where our goals are and where we aspire to be? Oftentimes that's taken for granted. And I hear organizations say, well, we don't have the time. Well, you and I both know that if you create a culture based on employee engagement, and based on customer experience, then you invest the time up front to buy a whole lot of time back on the back mm-hmm. end to where now you don't have to consistently performance manage people out of the business that were a bad fit because you created a culture that attracted the right people. Mm-hmm. And now you've cut costs dramatically on the development of your individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you let them succeed. 100%. Too, right. You get, you get great people or you help develop great people and then you get out of their way. Yes. You know, and then, and you'll know, you'll know if there are people that need to come in and hit a button all day. Yes. We need those people. For sure. Right? But the, the cream will rise to the top, right? And you, you, if you allow them an opportunity to succeed, then, you know, you give them that autonomy, you give them boundaries, you know what the guardrails are on this thing. But, um, you know, you, you might have that gem within your team. You just didn't even know it because you never gave that person the opportunity. And they might be a little bit introverted too, uh, but they, they may be the best at SQL, you know, code, or yeah. they might be the best at, you know, spreadsheet development, or they might be the best finance person you could ever imagine and find strategic ways to reallocate funds from one thing to another because it's going to create more impact. You yes. Know? And you, you never know what you have until you give those people that opportunity. For sure. But, but you're also going to know if you've created that culture. If there's somebody that maybe does need to just hit the button all day. 100%. Like, you know what? Hey, man, go to go to Bob over here, and he's just going to do the thing. Like, he's going to get the thing yeah. done. You know, if you need somebody on your team that's going to execute, that's your guy. If you need somebody who's got vision, maybe it's this person over here. And uh, I think that's the most important thing to know, not whether they came in at 8.30 every day and, you know, they – they took a lunch for, you know, 45. I don't care if you take a two hour lunch. If you're the most productive person on my team, then I'm, I'm not, you know, that's yes. not a big deal to me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So obviously you're very, um, your, your business IQ is high based on, this is, this is really the first uh, business oriented discussion that we've had. And I'm certain that experience lends itself to some of the, the techniques and processes that you've learned throughout the years to the point of you becoming the leader that you are today. Um, but one of the things that I'm enamored by, and I talked to you a little bit about this before we got on, yeah. is that 
you and I are very similarly uh, somewhat informal, at least around each other. I don't know if you present yourself to be somebody different when you're in the corporate setting, but so let me start. Let me start there. Yeah. Do you present yourself to be somebody different in the corporate setting? No, and it's funny you ask that because my brother and I—he's he, like a mentor of mine. He's three years older than me. He went to Florida State University, got his MBA at uh, Indiana, and he's actually a career coach there. But earlier in his career, he was a. Uh, he worked for a pharmaceutical company and um, he was like, he's awesome. He's so smart. I love, love you. E. Uh, he, uh, he and I used to have this conversation. This is probably 10 or 15 years ago. And he goes, you know, my boss said to me that I say dude too much. And I might, you know, I, maybe I ought to stop saying dude in the corporate culture and calling you dude or whatever. And uh, I do, I'd still do it. And you know why? Cause that's me. Yes. That's me. And it, you're going to get the best of me, whether I call you dude or bro or whatever it might be. Um, and and I know when not to do it. Yeah, you know? for sure. I think you just need to know yourself and be aware. You know, and somebody recently said to me, I kind of tie this in is dress for your day. All right, I kind of look a little bit. Look at me, like dude. A, I'm in I joggers like today. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but if I'm going to a, a luncheon, or if I'm going to you know meet with my CEO Lisa, or if I'm going to meet with somebody else on the executive team, and, and we're going to have a formal meeting, I'll dress for my day for sure. Right? I'm going to button it up, and I probably won't say dude. But if the You're opportunity, rock a bow tie, if the opportunity <laughs> opens itself, I will say <laughs> <Bruh>. it. <laughs> You know, you go throw out a Nebrolian dynamite. You you you, let, you allow you by doing that, you allow the other person to let their guard down, and they're going to know that you are your your genuine self. So hopefully, they're going to be their genuine self. You're going to cut through all the bullshit, and then you're going to move on to something better for sure. Right? Versus taking fifteen to twenty minutes of foreplay to try to get to the point. You know what I mean? And yes. I don't need to kind of belittle that or make no. That, I think it, people can relate, point. but it's like let's cut the bullshit and let's get to work. Yes, you know? and. And that's that's kind of that's my take on it. So am I different? I'm probably used to be. It's take. I mean, I've been in the workforce now 20 years, almost 21 years. Um, am I perfect? God no. I mean, I don't. I'm very blessed and lucky and fortunate where I am right now. But I have scratched and clawed my way to get to where I am, and I haven't done it by sacrificing who I am. I've just worked hard. You know, I've worked really hard. But I've also I would I would lend most of my success, if you want to call it success to building relationships. Mm. And I do that by being myself. And if you don't like me, well, apparently I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I might be doing something yeah, okay. Yeah, for you know? sure. I've got some great people in my life. Yeah, and, you and, made and it to the Fundamentalism podcast. Shit, yeah. <laughs> great. You know, I've met Chase along, I mean, I have met somebody great along the way and I could name, I, I would love to name, I could just start rattling off a bunch of people that for I would sure. all consider mentors. Yes. I've got coffee with another one next week and I'm not just having those relationships so I can get a job later. Um, if, if I need one later, I mean, I'm sure somebody will try to help me. That's not why I'm doing it. I shouldn't be messing up enough that I'm going to lose my existing one. I love For where sure. I am. But I think those relation, that relationship building is critical, um, not just because you're trying to you know, get something, but you're trying, well, yeah, you're trying to get something. That's probably the knowledge of the other person. That's the experience from the other person. That's For you, yes, right? Of course. But so I am certain, because I talk to them every single day, that what's worked for you and similarly me and being, you know, our authentic selves, for the most part, um, has really worked in our favor. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are fearful of, of that. And long before the fear, I would argue they don't even know what the authentic version of themselves looks like anymore, right? Because yeah. they, they put on this mask so much yeah. uh, with Instagram and, and, you know, corporate America or whatever. So I want to delve into a little bit about how you got there because that's what everybody wants to learn. And let me give you a very real and specific example for me in my life. I had the most amazing boss in the world, a mentor that I look up to a great deal in life. His name is Rod Johnson. Called him the Rod, the God with the Bod. Uh, he didn't like that nickname for the record. <laughs> can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> but man, he took me under his wing and I'll never forget, like he never believed in titles, right? And so the first thing that he did when he got hired as the head of this model was he removed all the titles from the name tags before the, the office, right? Mm-hmm. The name plates. And so he was on the phone one day. He had this, this just amazing plethora of candy bars and like inviting people to come into his office because he was new. Everybody was so fearful, right? This guy was like, he was so stylish. He wore these Lisa Loeb like glasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a guy that really cared about um, putting the best version of himself forward, but cared so much about people. So one day I walk in and I steal a candy bar. He was on the phone and I just, I just kind of nodded my head and put this up in the air, the candy bar in the air. And he goes, yeah, of course. So fast forward a couple of days later, I walk in and I just say hello. And we immediately spark up a conversation. He 
agrees to be my mentor. And he says, you know, my goal is to set you up for success in life and not necessarily just your career. And I, I remember thinking, dude, that's mind blowing because it's not in your company's best interest, or at least some people think that it's not to develop top talent and then send them yep. packing. Right. Yep. So fast forward, uh, we create this new model and, uh, Rod is not my direct boss. There's multiple levels under him. And because this new model is pretty hot, uh, we're inviting a lot of organizations to come in and kind of observe and take tours of our building. And so I was a supervisor at the time of a call center team. I had 12 folks under me. And a tour's going on, and I do my huddle. And my huddle's the same every day. Hey, slap hands with three people and tell them, let's make today great. Go now. Boom, boom, boom. Energy, right? What's the best thing that's happened to you today, Matt? Perfect. Awesome. Like, just energy begets energy. And so I'm going around after the huddle, and I'm hyping them up, and we're doing... I remember my boss calls me over into his his larger cubicle. Mm -hmm. He looks me in the eye and he says, what the hell do you think you're doing? And I go, I'm leading my team. What do you mean? He was like, we got a tour going on here. People coming into our organization to see what we stand for and how we conduct business. What the hell do you think you're doing? I said, the same thing that I did yesterday and the day before that I get applauded for every single day. He was like, I need you to dial it down when people are here. I remember Matt going and, and, and literally running to Rod Johnson's because I was young and naive and you know I thought well I'm what gives you know I'm, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. to Rod and I'm going to say this guy doesn't get it he's not following through on your vision and I remember him sitting me down you know almost disgusted he said man I'm really disappointed in you and I go what he was like you know why are you allowing somebody to dictate who you are and what you stand for and getting this frustrated by what he says or or the way that they're conducting their business yeah. what's worked for you thus far and I and I told him. And he said, you know, when leadership has vision, I can't go out and micromanage every single individual and say it needs to be me or else. And so this particular individual that, that, that I, I perceived as coming down on me, he didn't have the same leadership style as Rod. And it frustrated me. And I said, your culture's never going to be created, brother, if you got like this running it, right? And excuse my language. And this guy had a lot of skills, but just just not in my emotional, you know, lane, if mm -hmm. you will. And that was a mind boggling moment for me because that would deter me from being the authentic version of myself. And I think many people could hear that story and say, that's what I'm scared of. Yeah, what yeah. if they do that? So my question to you, longest preface of all time, <laughs> did it take, you mentioned that it took you some time to get there how did you become comfortable enough being the bro version of yourself? Yeah, man, that's a, that is a mind blowing question. I don't know if I don't, I definitely don't have a catalyst moment like you do. Um, but if I had to point, I would say, so I, I originally, I went to Sprint in 2005, I think, and I was laid off a year later. And I had, I mean, I would have laid me off. It was based on the job. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, I worked on something that was, it was becoming obsolete and that was fine. But I remember I joined during, it was like at the end of the heydays <laughs> um, when, when, when things were blowing up. And I, but I remember connecting with my, the, the manager that hired me at the time, Jonna Templer, love you. Uh, she, she hires me. We connected in the room. It wasn't based on skills. It was based on culture. I remember it vividly. Like she was like, this guy, I want this guy. I had to come back like five times and interview. They're like, we're not quite sure about this guy. And um, I ended up getting that job. A year later, I got laid off and we shared tears. It was, you know, it was, it was like, this isn't fair or whatever. I mean, I was 20, I don't even know what, five, 26, something like that. And um, I got hired back a year and a half later. They called me and they were like, hey, we've got this job. It ended up being a better job. I ended up being there for like eight years. But all because I was me. And I think leading up to that point, I had a couple of other jobs. My first job was in sales. And, and I, uh, I, I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't, you know, feeling it. Right? I was trying to find my way. And I, I worked for another company that was very corporate. It was like wear a suit kind of thing every day. And my boss was very rigid. And he had no personality. I mean, he was, you could tell the guy knew what he was doing. For sure. Uh, but I was like, am I supposed to be that? That's not me. <laughs> right. I, that just, it wasn't me. I left. I quit. And I, 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 I danced a few times. And I remember my parents even saying they came from a different generation where, it was, you know, they had pensions. You yeah. Know? So nobody left their job. For sure. And they were like, why are you? Why, you got to stick with it. Why you keep leaving? Yeah. I was like, because I got to find my way. Yeah. Find my way, and I don't think you can be afraid of that. And you even mentioned earlier, it's like your Rod's philosophy on on people was your your end game might not be here. Yes, you know that, and I have the exact share the exact same thing. Like mm -hmm. if you're, I can tell if you're happy, I can tell if you're thriving, I can tell if you're struggling. 
in your work, you're, you're better than that. It may require you leave this place and go find something better for you. And I did that. And I think I, I came to understand it. And when I got back to Sprint, I found my way. And, and again, love Sprint. Great things. Um, I hit a point again where I was like, this isn't quite for me anymore. I can't quite hit the goals that I have for myself and for my family and for my career. And to be able to have the breadth not just depth in one area, but breadth across uh, marketing and communications, which I just love and have a passion for. It's like psychology, you know, it's why people do things, why people make decisions. Um, and I wanted that for me. And I think I, re- I think that journey through into and then out of Sprint probably did that for me. I was never, I never sacrificed who I was. I learned a lot from a lot of different people. Uh, but for me, I think now I've hit this it's, it's been liberating, I guess. And now this last five, six years of my career have been even that much more rewarding. And I can't, I can't wait to see what's next. I have no idea what's going to be <laughs> right. next, but I'll know. I'll know when it comes. For sure. Yeah. Man, I, I just can't help but listen to everything that we're talking about, what you're saying, and you know the experiences that I'm recalling in my head and think to myself, how many individuals, including myself from time to time, thought that I had to look outwardly to get my joy. And so I went into the office and I hoped that, that somebody, whether it was my boss or, you know, a peer or whatever, or, or just the job brought me joy. When in reality, I think the theme that we're really, we're really landing on here is you bring your joy to the environment and the environment is, is either best suited for you or it's not. And that means that sometimes you have to make a difficult decision. And that's the challenge that most people, oh, I can't do that. That's the golden handcuffs. I'm making six figures, right? I can't leave. Well, what price is your happiness worth, right? And so it's just cool when I see individuals like you living your passion and your joy and seeing the amazing connections that that you've formulated as a result of that, that it's kind of, it's, it's the, it's the benchmark. People could see that it's possible. So one thing that I really wanted to talk to you a lot about is, uh, you obviously, or I know that you're not into titles because I I know that about you and your leadership style. Uh, but I believe you are the chief marketing officer. Is that accurate? It's actually not my title. Dang it. What is it? I'm the vice president of marketing. Okay. Vice president of marketing. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. See, it doesn't, it may be the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have a CMO? We don't. See, we don't. You're the CMO in my, Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess not by title, but by function. (laughs) For sure. Sure. For sure. (laughs) But nevertheless, clearly I did my research, right? I told you this is all all information gathering. It's all good. Um, but marketing is something that obviously, as you know, um, I am a, a a single person entity. I am trying to grow yeah. a, a speaking business. Bless your right? heart too, Thank man. you, man. Uh, I really great, appreciate it. I mean, it. it's like nothing but respect. Well, <laughs> you doing what you do is is serious. It's inspirational, and anybody in the corporate world, I guarantee you, most people. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you most, don't... at least me, and I, I would say most people in the corporate world are do feel handcuffed. Mm. You know, maybe, and and that's probably I've got an entrepreneurial itch. I would love to scratch, but mm. I also need to provide for my my children, sure. for my family. I got a mortgage. You know all that stuff. Yes. So, to to take that kind of a risk and and go out there, I I just nothing but love and but you you knew you could be successful and I know it wasn't just something that you decided one day. It's mm. probably something that built over time. You're like I'm better than this. I've got something <laughs> to offer. And I think a lot of people probably have that and and never jump into it. So man, kudos. Well, thank you. Uh, it means a lot uh, coming from an individual like you. I think that you hit the nail on the head. I, I was just very tired of trying to jump through the red tape. And I felt like I was hired to create this culture of experience and bring fun. And I was in this organization for two years and, you know, stuff doesn't move as fast as you think it's going to in your head, especially moving a, a culture that was as big as and established as the one in which I was working. So I got frustrated and I left and it was my wife that said, you know, the world needs fundamentalism, but you need it more as I'm crying on her shoulders. And I, I quit my job and, you know... But when you said it's a journey, man, I mean, operating in the red for multiple years and not really understanding what fundamentalism even looked like and yeah. and really struggling, this takes me back to the the point that I was trying to make to to kind of pick your brain a little bit about how I could potentially market myself best. I struggled when I identified what fundamentalism was, specifically a platform for helping organizations and individuals have more fun in life. Stop worrying about the crap that's not working, or at least whenever you're faced with challenge, take the time to grieve. That's necessary. Take the time to reflect and identify any opportunities for growth, and then move the hell on, because that's where you're going to see the growth, right? But what I didn't understand is I kept trying to market the brand, 
like fundamentalism, fundamentalism, fundamentalism. And I would tell people, I don't care if you remember my name. Like if you never remember my name or face, like that's cool. I just need you to know that there's a philosophy out there that could help you get out of your head. And what I found over time is I wasn't growing. Like it was just, it was stale and it was stagnant. And it was a gentleman that told me, fundamentalism needs a model. We need to see what you're talking about. We need to see how it's implemented. And so it took a little transition instead of marketing the brand, start marketing myself, Paul J. Long, as a speaker to where now people will be exposed to fundamentalism that I truly got or started to see the growth. So coming full circle, despite that, I still feel so grimy, Matt, about posting pictures of myself or videos of me with a client. And all I want to do is is be present, right? But in the back of my mind, I think, gosh, I got to get a video up there or people are going to, you know what I mean? So from a marketing perspective, uh, I know that there are so many things that we could talk about, but what kind of guidance would you give an individual like me in trying to grow the Fundamism brand while obviously knowing that that brand is associated in small part by my personality. Oh man, don't feel grimy. <laughs> that's, that's marketing, right? And yeah. you know, my message to everybody, and you're a one, you know, one person show, uh, but in a you know, fifty thousand person company, every single person is in sales and marketing. Every single person. If you're at a barbecue in your neighborhood, your kid's baseball game, your daughter's ballet performance at intermission, or whatever it is, and somebody says, "Hey, what do you do?" Be proud of that. You know, and if you're not proud of it, that should be a telling moment mm. to say, well, I, then maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And a lot of people are going to st- stay stuck in that rut and they might end up getting divorced and, you know, kicking the dog when they get home. For sure. Hopefully that's not the case. But I think that is the case for a lot of people. I think you need to be proud of what you do. I mean, I'm proud of what you do. So maybe take that for what it's worth <laughs> well, thanks, and don't man. feel grimy because what you're doing is you're giving people an opportunity to, to see things a different way or to live a better life. Um, you know, that's. I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of turn it back. The table's back on me. You asked me what I do for fun to start this thing. And my kids are absolutely, for the first time in my life, this last five years, I go to work for fun. Mm. I enjoy what I'm doing. We have a mission that's greater than just the organization. We're a not-for-profit. We're a credit union. Yes, we're everything that a bank is. That's not legal to say. So there's a disclaimer associated with that. But we do everything that a bank does. And then beyond that, we give back to our members. We give back to the community. We we exist for the, the purpose of, of people helping people. We're trying to get you know somebody who's got nothing back up on their feet, and we're trying to get somebody who's got everything to continue to have that success. And this dude right here. Speaking <laughs> of somebody that's got everything, uh, Chase McAnulty just came in and literally twerked. He twerked. It, it was and amazing. it was good. It was real good. It was super good. It was really good. <laughs> uh, we, I turned it off on purpose. It feels good. Thank you. So I, I would say, you know, yes, for the first time in my life, I'm enjoying what I do. Is it hard some days? Of course. Are there days I have to do paperwork that that's that sucks? Yes, but that's the. I mean, I'm gonna give you a terrible analogy. This is so <laughs> inappropriate, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it because it's relatable. Yes. The idea or thought of sex in the shower. Yes. Is like far greater than actual act. Doing it is the worst. Terrible. Right? There's Gosh. nothing good about it, right? It's I'm here to get clean, right? This has a function in my life, right? So not everything is sexy. You can't you can't approach everything to think this is just going to be the best thing ever. Everything takes work. Being a parent takes work. Putting on your podcast and being Paul J. Long and 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 instilling fundamentalism and people takes work. Bringing Community America to the the great city that is Kansas City takes work. And so making the sausage, all the stupid cliches, that's true. I mean, you have to accept that as part of what you're doing. But if you know that your end game, your mission is one that is worth living out, whether that's your life, whether that's your job, it makes it worth it. So don't feel grimy putting your marketing out there and putting your face on it. Feel good about it. You know, at the end of the day, just reflect on that and say, this is awesome. Right. What, what I'm doing is awesome. Right? And it's, it's okay, okay to be awesome. No My sure. man. That's right. Full circle. So, oh man, I, I have, I'm just over here giddy, dude. I'm just ah. like, you could see I'm cheesing from cheek to cheek. You mentioned you admire the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, to go out and do And obviously you, you have responsibilities and all that stuff. I can't, I'm just sitting here thinking, whoa, there's so many business applications. What people don't understand is fundamentalism is not just about your personal life. It's about how to run an organization, right? It, it's the F, the U, and the N, they're acronyms. The, mm-hmm. the F is foundation. So 
what are your core values of the organization? What's your mission statement? What do you stand for? Do you just try do you just try and make profit? Or do you really want to give back to your members yeah. and the community and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The you is understanding others' perspective. So you know, you keep saying, not you, but you as your organization keep saying that the benchmark for success and customer experience is what we're after. And this is what it looks like. Well, have you ever taken the time to ask your customers what it looks like for them? Or you just you just pulled this arbitrary thing out of your rear end of what you believe it looks like? Mm-hmm. Understanding others' perspectives is understanding what makes them tick and their desires and their communication style. And then ultimately the end is next steps and build, building an implementation strategy for success to showcase your strengths, your organizational strengths or your individual strengths and mitigate your areas of opportunity while you're working on them to develop them. I'm hearing all of this of what you're saying. I'm thinking, man, the first step, you and I, we need to get together at least once every two months and have a business-related focus on a podcast. It. I love it. Because there's so much stuff that we are just literally touching the tip of the iceberg of. Yeah. And uh, you are very, very well-versed in, uh, obviously, the development of organization because you've seen the success, but you do it in a manner that a lot of people can relate to. So I'm thinking about the title of this podcast, and it's either, oh, man, don't be grimy, <laughs> <laughs> or sex in the shower. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> so um, lastly, just to wrap that whole conversation up in a nice little bow, dude, I'm super proud of what I get to do and feel blessed that I was, I'm not great at a lot of things. Like I'm, you know, terrible at math. It's coordinating my schedule is not great. Hell, I called you, you know, 30 minutes prior to this and said, can we push 30 minutes, which I wasn't proud to do. Uh, but huge things on the horizon for Noah's Bandage Project, which yeah. I'm you know, excited to ultimately talk to you more about. But I'm good in front of a, a group of people, and I'm good at, at, at inspiring or sparking thought and identifying where we are and where we aspire to be. And whether that's through humor or tears or Noah's story or individuals like you and sharing your journey, it works. What I, I struggle with is... I'm not doing it for everybody else. Like I, like, I don't care if you see me doing it. When I post on Instagram, I feel grimy because I feel so freaking good mm. and love what I do so much that if you never saw it, Matt, I'm cool with that. And so I feel like there's this, you know, I'm, I'm coaching myself right now because one of my favorite quotes is, don't worry about what people think about you because they don't think about you. Mm-hmm. I'm just so wrapped up in my head about people perceiving me to be posting because I want people to look at me. When in reality, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can help you on that. <laughs> I mean, I need to call your brother, the, is, the life coach. It is the world we live in, though, right? I mean, oh, for sure. You know, it is, it's tough to wrap my head around it. And I struggle. We're struggling with it. Right? I wouldn't say struggling. It's a challenge that we've accepted, my wife and I. Uh, with our daughter, for example, she's got, she got her first phone going into sixth grade and we just let her have Instagram and like a bunch of her friends. Some people have like all the world to go. They, they have all the, um, the, the freedom to go do whatever they for want. Sure. And they are. Yes. And then we've really kind of strapped scary, it down and said, right? look, if you're looking down, you're not looking up. Yes. So that said, it's a, it's a way to reach people. Right. Yeah. And it's pro- it probably does more good than it does harm. You know, we, we read about all the bad stuff all the time. We read it. We, it's it, bad news is just, it, it's more interesting. Yes. You know, I mean, these media companies know that they're going to give you something that's just like a headline, right? They want you to see the the thing, the disaster. Oh, look at the train wreck. Right. right? I mean, I find myself stopping and looking yeah, at the I'm going to look at the train wreck. All yeah. right, perfect. Yeah. So slow down and look <laughs> yeah. at the accident sometimes, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that's fine. That's a hiccup or a, or a bump in the road. But, you know, I think, I think it's okay, it's okay to have joy. Mm. This life is, is too short. For sure. It's too short. I, what are we here for? I thought you said you weren't going to be able to coach me on that, and you just like <laughs> delivered the goods. I don't know if I did or not, but hey, I mean, what is there really anything wrong with feeling good about stuff? No, man, that's what I hope people uh, hear and feel when they you know interact with guys like you and myself. Yeah. So, no, I agree wholeheartedly, and I want to kind of transition a little bit as we as we see the finish line of our time together and talk through. So, I, I talked about how we met and the energy that yeah. you felt. Or, or that I felt as a result of you. And uh, the whole goal was to ultimately find a way to work or partner with Community America on this Volalama Celebrity Pickleball Tournament. And you sat down and we told you the story of Noah um, in an, emo- an emotionally charged, heartfelt way. 
And dude, you literally said we're in, you know, the, you know, we're in to be a, a, a crowning sponsor, you know, at this amount in five to seven minutes of our interaction. You said that community America is all about, you know, doing things bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you identify what the best cause is? And cause I'm sure that you're pulled in a million different directions because you guys are known for that. How do you know what's the best fit and who to work with? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that we've nailed it necessarily. Uh, we have some work to do in that on that front. What I can tell you is, and all I mean by that is, you're right. Everybody wants a piece for sure. You know, it could be some, <laughs> that's what she said. It could be some high school band <laughs> that needs you know yeah hats or something that's looking for a thousand dollars to um, some initiative that's a million dollars to that's part of some campaign for an endowment for a gigantic, you know, charitable foundation that exists in a city. And I think we know a few of the, what those are. There's the sure. really bright, shiny stars out there that a lot of brands want to be associated with because it helps elevate your own brand. And certainly there's some of that. I mean, that's my job is to elevate the community America brand. And I've got a great partner. Uh, it's the head of our foundation, Catherine, who uh, her job is to look at all things cause marketing and philanthropically, you know, focused so that we can align ourselves with the right, right causes. We talk a lot about it. I'll say this, my, my CEO, where I currently, where I am, Lisa Ginter has the biggest heart of anybody I've ever met to the point she can't, I mean, she almost, she can't say no, you know, and, and that's fine. I mean, I think she's, we're going to get approached by lots of places and if we can help you, we're going to do it. Sure. Even if it's a little bit, that's, that's really our approach right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that until the money runs out. For sure. We have have 12 months of a calendar before we have to figure out the budget again. And we don't want to borrow against something to be able to fund something else. So we are really strategically aligned around financial literacy. You know, our mission is delivering financial peace of mind to our members, no matter what life stage they're in. That's basically, that's our mission. Yes. Um, I probably added to it a little bit. So, Sounded so amazing. Me, that's the marketing this, of you. But, but by and large, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're here to do. So for the most part, we're aligning in that way. Um, Junior Achievement has, uh, they're building BizTown. So anybody who's from Kansas City knows Exchange City uh, from back in the day, which is a place where kids will go and you get a job and there's a bank or a yes. credit union and there's yeah. everybody, you know, there's a food court and all that stuff. Um, that's being stood up here this year. We, we are going to be the credit union of BizTown. So that you know that's where you're getting your paycheck from and all that good stuff there's financial peace of mind involved or financial literacy or education about how you manage your money that's what we're here to do that's what's why we exist we align ourselves with a lot of educational organizations because um, financial literacy or literacy in general being able to read being able to get through the hurdles of learning and and being able to live a a life well lived um, education is foundation of that health and wellness plays a critical role too what are the things that cause stress in your life right that might detract you from living a life well lived. So the health and wellness, education, finances, and then your community. Mm. So we, we really align ourselves around those things. A lot falls into those four buckets, but it's pretty obvious when something doesn't. For sure. So yeah, we say no sometimes, but uh, if, if we do, it's not, it doesn't mean we won't align with it later. It just means maybe we, we just became aware of it. So now it's on our radar. In the case of you guys, we believe in what Children's Mercy is doing. It's a staple here in Kansas City. Um, I'm, you know, you guys are the cool kids. You know? <laughs> we want to align on that front. And I, I felt the energy too. Before you even spoke, I think you guys were having a conversation. And I, as I was sitting down, I was like, who in the hell are these people? <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Like I could feel the vibe. Yeah. And for us to get involved in that really was a no brainer. I've, I've got some liberty, you know, I have a budget that I for get to sure. manage. So um, in that instance, it was a pretty, pretty straightforward thing. And also, you know, there, there are a few um, activities or, or uh, you know, like, like Big Slick, for example. That's gotten so big. It's yeah. great. It's great for this community. It's great for Kansas City. It's great for everyone involved. Um, it can't just stop there. At some point, we have to figure out how, what are some other things that we can bubble up and get people energized and involved in. It's generational. People are shifting. There's new people that are coming into the mix. There are old people that have been aligned with that for a long time. That will continue to have success, for and that's sure. fantastic. The way you guys talked about Noah, his story, how can you how can you not love something mm. so amazing like that? And so that's what we look for is yes. – I mean, this is worth it. This is great. This is a way to connect on a different level through Band-Aids. For sure. Gosh, dude. Man, you're great at marketing. Uh, (laughs) So uh, lastly, you know, along those lines, you just hit on so many things that I want to touch on. But um, the first thing is when you talk about literacy, reading, um, or, you know, financially, or, you know, how to run a business, whatever it may be, you know, just the little guidance that you gave your daughter about when you're looking down, you're not looking up. The one thing that I feel like we're not teaching enough and everything that I believe I have in this world 
is a direct byproduct of the relationships that have been created or the people that I've met throughout this world. And that is because we expressed a genuine interest in each other and we asked real questions mm-hmm. and we had our head up, right? Who's teaching that? Yeah. Like, because we're not focusing on that in school. And I hope that in the, in the exchange city, the new, the new model, that that's something that we really focus our attention on because I want my children to feel comfortable going up to you while being somewhat protective, right? And understanding that not every stranger is a good stranger, but being able to spark up a conversation and, yeah. and facilitate a conversation that specifically makes people smile is very important to me. And I think that's why we connected. So Absolutely. the last thing I want to ask you about is, uh, as it pertains to Community America, as you, you mentioned, Lisa, you mentioned you and uh, the, employee, the employee engagement strategy that you guys have. What do you guys do for fun? How? Do, how? Because oh, I yeah. know that giving back is obviously a fundamental, right? That could give you a lot of strength and give people joy and fulfillment. What else are you guys doing for fun to ensure that people actually enjoy coming to work? And yeah. uh, it's not a it's not a case of the Mondays yeah. whenever they roll over in yeah. the morning. I mean, it's uh, they're it's cool. We have different departments do their own thing, and it's fun to watch that because while we're I think we're a pretty good sized company. It's maybe one of the smaller ones I've worked for, but it's still, we have like almost 800 employees. Yes. So it's not a small office, so it's kind of fun to walk around, but it's small enough that you can walk around and see everything. For sure. So different departments will, I'll tell you one thing mine, mine does, for example. Every month we have a food day. It's a, it's a birthday celebration, and if there's something else, like somebody's work anniversary or whatever, we combine that. And every, and we, like, go baller on this thing, dude. Like, people bring it. We had a grilled cheese one once. Like, we were making grilled cheeses with, like, gourmet cheeses yes. and all this stuff. Um, you see that a lot. We uh, we usually have an, an annual event with the, the employees. Like, when we kicked off the chief sponsorship, we ended up out at Arrowhead on the field with a whole bunch of different, like, play 360-type stuff. And people were just able to run around and have a good time. Um, but I will I'll cap it off with this. Over the last two years, uh, Lisa has done, a f- over the holidays, a five weeks of giving. So for five weeks straight, every employee, every single employee, didn't just get, like, some little knick-knack, like Hershey Kisses or something like that. Got... Everything from a Mahomes jersey to a $60 Honey Baked Ham gift card to uh, a, a beanie and a, and a Charlie Hustle, this Charlie Hustle shirt right here with the red KC heart. Yes. Um, to a week of pay to, I mean, for five weeks straight. Yes. Every week. And she wanted it done under a tree, out in our atrium. I saw Everybody the LinkedIn down And she gives it out. Tears are flowing. I mean, who does that? Who does that? It's easy to say too. Well, it'd be cool to just if you just cut the check and trust me, it would be a lot less work. Because mm-hmm. I mean, she, you know, she had a, the help of a couple of us who we called ourselves elves. Sure, we did a lot of elfing in the month of <laughs> yeah, December. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, and I never cared. It never bothered me because the impact that that has on everybody's life. And I think there are people that probably work there that haven't worked anywhere else that don't necessarily realize that doesn't exist in most organizations, that somebody that your leader isn't giving back like that, that doesn't truly care about you in some way. There are super high expectations. We all feel it. We don't get to hire people like gangbusters just so we can go get our job done. We're expected to get the job done. Um, but we are given a lot of water along the way, mm. right? You know what I mean? Like yes, that I marathon exactly is, is, is we're, we're hooked up. Like we, like I, and I can tell you there are not greener pastures, Man. most definitely. Well, you are uh, somebody that I uh, feel blessed to know, but obviously want to get to know a lot better. I mean, I mentioned before we started that I can't believe that we've only met each other less than five times on one hand, Um, but it's the start of something magical. I want to challenge you as an individual that loves to have fun. Um, There was an organization that just hit me up on my, uh, on my, my website and uh, didn't, didn't even ask uh, for a keynote or anything like that. Just wanted to say, uh, that he ordered 50 copies of the book. Nice. And what he challenged his staff to do, there's 110 fundamentals in there. He challenges that he's got a fishbowl and you pull out a number and whatever number you pull, you have to go to that fundamental in the book and you have to incorporate it in your day. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's genius, that right? So this is just this random dude that reaches out to me. But it, it reminded me of, of you in this moment. I watch a Dave Chappelle Netflix uh, comedy special and I love this guy. It's been amazing to watch his progression yeah. as a comic. And he has this bit where he talks about having this fishbowl that he writes punchlines for that hasn't fully developed the joke. And he talks about how great he is as a comedian that he will literally pull out one of these punchlines for the joke and make up a joke in the moment live. Wow. Right? And it's amazing. But 
I'm thinking of you and and how much joy you have and 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 how funny you are. I feel like you should sometime in the next couple of weeks put together a list of weird phrases, like just off the wall phrases, right? Like, oh man, don't feel grimy, right? <laughs> and pull it out as you're going to work or as it sits on your desk. And you have to use that phrase seamlessly in your interaction with somebody at work. I like it. It's the new corporate bingo. It's the new corporate bingo. <laughs> My man, you know, Matt Johnson, I admire you a great deal. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Any words of wisdom in passing? That's like the worst possible closing day. No, I love it, man. It's I, a, I, I, got you. You. I got you. It's I love a, you, Blue. It's okay to be awesome. It is okay to be awesome. That's the title of the podcast, man. Hey, from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to say thank you. If you want to learn more about Matt Johnson and Community America, where do they go? Where do folks go? I'll go to communityamerica.com. You can check me out on LinkedIn if you want. I try to be active on there, but I'm usually busy doing other things. So, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. But if you ever want to connect, that's a great place to find me. That's right. You got to hodl at a player when you see him in the street. So, (laughs) hey, from the bottom of our hearts, we'd like to say thank you to you, the Fundamism Podcast listener, for helping us grow our philosophy and brand. Somebody out there is struggling, and this may be what they need to hear to get them through the challenges that they're facing in their head. Go out, create some fun in your life today, but most importantly, create some fun in the lives of others. Have a blessed day and deuces.